Ah, October. Autumn is in the air and people are preparing for a happy yet spooky Halloween, with all the trappings, including witches and monsters and ghosts. Few things are scarier than ghosts, with the possible exception of being ghosted in an online relationship. While the fanciful frights of a Halloween ghost quickly fade, the impact of online ghosting may last much longer and have some genuinely frightening impacts later in life. I'm Charles Blue with the Association for Psychological Science, and you're listening to Under the Cortex, our podcast sponsored by Macmillan Learning Psychology. Earlier this year, Dr. Maureen Coyle, a visiting assistant professor at Seton Hall University, presented a flash talk at the APS 2021 virtual meeting about how being ghosted affects expectations about future relationships. Welcome to Under the Cortex. Hi, Charles. Thanks for having me. Well, first, to help our listeners understand, what do you mean when you say ghosted? Sure. So I define ghosting as unexplained and often unexpected contact termination. So you're not given any direct indication. The communication just abruptly stops. And this is really something that's related to virtual connections. It's not something that we typically refer to in person-to-person contacts. Right. Even though technically we've always been able to just stop communicating with each other, it's so easy to communicate. So to choose to stop, particularly when you can see if someone's online, but they don't respond to a message, it seems more deliberate, but also just, you know, leaves you with that feeling of uncertainty that none of us like. Quite the jarring experience. But you wanted to look into this a little more in detail and a little more with with research behind it. So Can you explain to us what were you looking for and what did you find out? Sure. So I was just interested mainly in what people do after they are ghosted. There is some research right now on how people feel when they are ghosted or why they ghost, but there wasn't much out there on what happens after the fact. So I was mainly interested in learning after being ghosted, how are people's future expectations impacted? So do they think that they are more or less likely to find a meaningful connection after being ghosted? And how does that affect their ultimate desire and interest in pursuing potential partners in the future on these online dating platforms? So this is specifically you were looking at online dating platforms, not necessarily just communications by texting or by email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was interested in online dating because they say that now one in three marriages are people who met online. So it seems that people are increasingly using these platforms to actually find a meaningful connection with a long-term partner. And what was the result of this research? Uh, how did you even come about this uh, conclusion? So I had some grant money where I was able to use a crowdsourcing platform, Prolific Academic, to recruit online daters for a series of online studies. The first study, I just wanted to learn about people's online dating experiences with ghosting, how different types of ghosting experiences might have different effects. So they were given a variety of scenarios in terms of being ghosted after only messaging on the platform or being ghosted after FaceTiming or after meeting in person. So just looking at all the different ways we communicate. And there was this negative trend where 
as you had more synchronous communication, as you go from just texting to actually FaceTiming to actually meeting in person, people's expectations become more negative. So they think that their likelihood of finding someone is actually less than it was before. And they are less interested, they have less desire for pursuing potential partners. So it seems that as it gets more to the real world, it becomes more hurtful and more of a deterrent to want to pursue someone else. I'm a little confused by that. Are you basically saying that the more interactive you become in this online relationship, the more likely it is that you'll start to want to drift away from it? No, not exactly. It's more that as we build these relationships with other people online, and usually you start with interacting on the platform and then you shift to off that platform, maybe you exchange phone numbers or maybe you decide to talk on the phone or maybe you actually want to shift to that in-person date. So when you get ghosted after you go through more of these steps, it becomes more hurtful. That seems to make sense. You've invested more time. You've gotten to know this person. You actually could put a face to a name and, and maybe you've had some more intimate discussions and then suddenly things end. I can see where you'd be much more emotionally invested in this individual. So what did your research find out about this? What's the impact of just wiping your hands of it and and stepping away and not responding? Right. So there are some individual differences in this. So I asked them to imagine either being ghosted after an in-person date or imagine that you both mutually terminated contact, which is less threatening and less hurtful, right? We just both fizzle out. So participants wrote for three to five minutes about how this would make them think, feel, and behave. And then they were asked about their expectations and desire to pursue potential partners. So the main difference I found was between people who were more what we call promotion-focused, according to regulatory focus theory, someone who's promotion-focused, they are interested in advancing their goals. They tend to have higher expectations. They don't want to not make progress. So those sort of individuals, they're not deterred by being ghosted. There was no significant difference for these people, whether they imagined being ghosted or just mutually terminating contact. They tended to have high expectations for future connections and had more desire to pursue those connections. So it does suggest, as some of the previous literature says, that promotion-focused people are going to be oriented towards connection regardless of if they experience rejection or not. So they're actually on social media. They're on these dating platforms with with a goal in mind, as you say. They they want to find a real long-term meaningful relationship and they expect to run into some bumps along the way, but They're in it for the long haul. Right. I liken it to gambling, right? So if you expect that you're going to win, you're willing to go all in with your chips, right? So promotion-focused people are like that. Even if they just lost a round, they're willing to go in again. And this is different than the other orientation, which is prevention-focused. So prevention-focused people, they are more vigilant about pursuing goals. They are more interested in prioritizing, securing themselves against future loss. So prevention Prevention-focused people, they were actually more negatively impacted by imagining being ghosted. They had more negative expectations about future interactions, and they had less desire to pursue potential partners. 
So did that actually impact their behavior? Did they decide, you know, okay, I'll give this platform one more try or or I'm done with it. I'm just, I'm not even going to try anymore. It's all too painful. It's all too inconvenient. It's just not going to work for me. Was What was the real change in behavior that you were able to observe? So the real shift actually seems to be about how important the goal is. So we asked them about how important is it for you to find a meaningful connection? We also asked that before the manipulation as well. So we could see there was a significant drop in importance. So it's like thinking back to the gambling metaphor I said before, if you don't think you're going to win, you might say, you know, it's not really that important for me to win more money. I'm fine with just folding, right? You know, sort of saying, distancing yourself from the possibility of future loss. So it seems like it's ultimately trying to protect the self, but in a way that you are avoiding the possibility of having a connection. So even though you're avoiding future loss, you're also avoiding future gain. So that's the real double-edged sword of this. To protect yourself more, you really cut yourself of the possibility of that getting a lucky hand, as it were, being matched with someone who genuinely would be a good partner for you. Mm -hmm. How many people were actually involved in this study? So the second study had about 180 people, give or take. So overall, I have three studies, so around 500 people altogether who are current online dating users. And all of the data was collected during the pandemic, which we also have to consider about how these effects might be different pre-pandemic and then if this eventually ends, um, what things will look like after the pandemic. And also you have to consider if you do invest in communicating with this person over time and actually decide to go on a date with that person, there's the added risk with COVID now. You know, you're not just taking the risk of if this person actually who they say they are. We know catfishing is a thing. Um, but does this person have COVID? Is this person being safe? You have that concern too. So if you do go on an in-person date and you're taking all these extra risks and then the person ghosts you, it's like, well, I risked all this for what, right? So it can really be discouraging for the future if you feel like, well, what, what's the point of me going out there if I'm you know, just going to get disappointed at the end? Oh, sure. 10 years ago, if you go out on a date, it didn't go well, or they choose not to contact you, you're out an evening and maybe the cost of a dinner. Now it's, I'm, I'm actually putting my long-term health on the line by going out and meeting you. What a huge investment in your, your personal safety to make this contact. Did you find anything in the research that suggested there was a difference between men and women in this or whatever the the sex gender spectrum of people you were dealing with? So I was slightly underpowered to really test for gender differences, but there was some evidence that women had more of a negative impact on their desire compared to men. Uh, which does kind of map on to some of our gender stereotypes that men are stereotypically in that role of pursuing. There's several different studies out there showing that men tend to initiate the conversations online more so than women, reinforcing some of our gender stereotypes. Uh, so it's really women that after being ghosted uh, seem to be more deterred from trying again compared to men. Was there anything in the research that you were doing that surprised you or you seemed unexpected or non-intuitive? So 
participants had to write for three to five minutes about how being ghosted or mutual contact termination would make them think, feel, and behave. And within those open-ended responses, some people just felt that ghosting was inevitable. Uh, A lot of participants just wrote, like, this is part of the process. And you could argue that that makes it not as hurtful because you're just used to it, but it can make you jaded. Uh, But it also seemed like some people felt it was hopeless that, you know, this is sort of just playing a losing game, that you're just not going to find someone who will actually be a meaningful connection. I think back to the, not to date myself, so to say, 1980s when I was uh, dating. And if things weren't going well, there was not really any way of getting out of the breakup. Uh, People could find you. uh, Your interactions were always face-to-face. It was usually someone in your neighborhood or your community or your college that you were dealing with. And there was this inevitable point where you actually had to make contact with that person and, and come to some sort of resolution. Yes, I'm definitely thinking about the bigger picture on the general shifts in communication. Some of my other research is on emoji use in text messaging and how emojis affect your perceptions of connection to other people and other people's personalities. So, you know, there is a lot happening in the way we are communicating or choosing not to communicate at all. And I think particularly with online dating, it's very easy to just dehumanize the person on the other side. Just think of it like, online shopping, where if you like a product or don't like a product, you can just X out and you just forget about it. So I think people are doing this a lot where they're just sort of putting an X on people and not really thinking about the consequences on the other side. Wow. I am so glad I'm out of the dating pool right now. Um. <laughs> There's also zombieing when you return. This idea that you you stop talking and then you come back at a later time and just be like, hey, how are you doing? So they call that zombieing. Perfect for the Halloween season, right? Wow. Talk about uh, emerging out of limbo. Right. (laughs) So is there anything in your research that points to ways of insulating yourselves against the negative impact of ghosting or zombieing, whichever the case may be? It seems that the people who are more promotion focused are not getting those same negative effects. So it seems there is a benefit to taking on this perspective that, you know, each case is independent. Just because you had a failure in the past doesn't mean that a future case is going to be exactly the same way. So when we take on this idea that we can still move forward and then try and think about how we can learn from what went wrong in our previous experiences, moving forward without thinking that everything in the past is inevitably going to happen in the future. Well, that certainly does put a curious and ghostly spin on relationships and maybe something uh, during the holiday season at a party will strike up and uh, good things will happen. But uh, in the meantime, I would like to thank uh, Dr. Maureen Coyle for visiting with me today to talk about her research that is presented at the APS 2021 virtual meeting. And I'll include a link to it uh, in this podcast if anyone would like to go back and hunt that down. And I thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Under the Cortex is supported by Macmillan Learning Psychology. In the classroom, whether in person or on screen, content matters. 
but not if students are disinterested or disengaged. At Macmillan Learning Psychology, our authors are committed educators who know firsthand what teachers are facing today. That experience guides not only the books they write, but the interactive learning and assessment tools they help create. No matter how you teach, we can help you captivate your students. Macmillan Learning Psychology, engaging every student, supporting every instructor, setting the new standard for teaching and learning.